0: Welcome to The Daily Break. I'm Andrew Tallman. Here's what's happening today at Newsweek. In an announcement that's been expected for several days, President Joe Biden today announced that Russian oil imports into the United States have been banned effective immediately. That means Russian oil will no longer be acceptable at U.S. ports and the American people will deal another powerful blow to Putin's war machine. The move, which President Biden touted as having broad, bipartisan and public support, would mean a reduction of oil imports into the United States of about 8%, about 672,000 barrels per day. This happens to be about the same amount of Russian oil that the United Kingdom imports. Certainly the goal here is to cut off the funding to Vladimir Putin's war machine and to further make pain felt by the Russian nation as they continue their aggressive invasion of Ukraine and oppression of the Ukrainian people. In his brief speech, President Biden did make note that the United States was uniquely in a position to be able to do this because of our strong domestic energy production. He took some time to refute some of the claims about our energy production made by critics, and he also noted that other countries might be a little bit slower to move alongside us on this because they're more dependent on Russian oil. For example, the U.K. said that they're going to be phasing out the import of Russian oil by the end of 2022 because European countries are closer to the source and more dependent upon it than we are. The reason that's significant is because on the other measures so far, all the other countries have joined with the United States in what we've been doing. But it's not a lack of will, it's sort of a lack of practical capability. Biden also took a moment to admonish domestic oil suppliers to not give in to the temptation to price gouge and jack prices way up right now during this time of catastrophe. Russia's aggression is costing us all, and it's no time for profiteering or price gouging. So what effect is all of this having on Russia's economy? Well, the ruble is down about 50% in value against foreign currencies since the start of the invasion, And if they can't raise money by selling oil because no countries are willing to buy it, what they're basically left with is selling it to their own people, which is not much of a market these days. Meanwhile, one of the companies that's been more on the news lately because of their participation in providing internet access for the Ukrainians is SpaceX. You know, they've got those Starlink satellites that have been going up again and again, and Elon Musk, SpaceX is actually targeting another launch Wednesday morning around 845 Eastern time from Space Launch Complex 40 at Cape Canaveral Space Force Station in Florida. This would be the sixth launch of 2022, three in February, two in January, and this first one in March. And there are about 2,000 Starlink satellites in orbit, with the ultimate goal of having tens of thousands of them orbiting the Earth. Now, you might recall when all of this began back in 2019. If you're like me, you were out walking one day, looked up in the sky, and saw a concerning stream of white lights moving rapidly across the atmosphere above you. Then you went online and quickly tried to figure out whether it was an alien invasion or what was going on. Well, again, that's what these SpaceX satellites look like. But you haven't seen that recently and here's why. Astronomers kind of complained to SpaceX about how they were distorting their ability to look at other constellations farther out, and it was, you know, nobody really wanted to look up in the sky and see 10,000 satellites orbiting. So they did some things to cut down on the visual pollution. One was they tried to paint them black. That didn't work because there were heat issues, heat absorption issues, with that range of satellites. They were actually called DarkSat when they tried that. The second try at reducing the light pollution was to put uh, visors or shields up on the satellites that would prevent the sunlight from getting to the antenna but not interfere with the actual antennas functioning. And that's actually been very successful. You haven't seen those very much up in the sky if you've been looking up and I know I've been trying and I haven't seen very many. They called this version of the solution visor sat or what I like to call cloaks of invisibility. And now we turn to a tale as old as time. Two rival factions competing tooth and nail for control of a single stretch of turf. This time, the otherwise quiet neighborhood of Arden Arcade in California, where according to the law enforcement division of the California Department of Fish and Wildlife, United States postal workers, on the one hand, have been facing off against wild turkeys, on the other hand. Now, you might not think this would be much of a fracas, but apparently the turkeys who do not attack the residents of the neighborhood do not like the mail carriers who have been defending themselves with pepper spray and hitting the birds with their mail bags and basically doing everything they could to safely deliver the mail without doing too much damage to the local turkeys. Unfortunately, we've had an escalation. According to reports that first started circulating on the neighborhood website Next Door, one of the mailmen simply could not fend off one of the attacking turkeys safely and allegedly resorted to killing it with a club or some kind of stick. But if they say blades, I say blades. If they say guns, I say guns. The Postal Service spokespeople have immediately apologized for what they call an alarming and if true inexcusable act that does not reflect the sentiments of the broader 650,000 employees who work for the Postal Service. Although in potentially a defense of the postal worker, someone else noted it was the largest wild turkey he'd ever seen, being over 30 pounds. The investigation into the particular details of this Turkicide are ongoing. No word yet on whether the poster worker has been relegated to desk duty, or forced to surrender his service baton, but I will tell you, I went online to get a picture of what it looked like when wild turkeys fight not poster workers but each other, and I came away knowing that although I can't show you what it looks like, I can tell you exactly what it sounded like. Well, minus the explosion. That's it for The Daily Break. Be sure to head over to newsweek.com for these stories and more, including our growing podcast lineup, and consider subscribing to our digital and print editions of Newsweek if you haven't already. And while I'm already asking for favors, I would like to ask that you go ahead and hit that five-star rating. It helps us know that you think we're doing a good job. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to The Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek.